0: Welcome to Northside Community Church. We believe that our mission is to impact the community in a positive way by speaking and living out the good news of Jesus. We hope that you will enjoy this message today. Now, I'm going to be a little brave here this morning, but Melanie mentioned lederhosen. How many of you know what lederhosen are? All right, you don't. Okay, that's okay. You're forgiven. God bless you anyway. Um, But people ask me from time to time, what nationality are you? Right. I grew up not knowing what nationality I was because my dad's from one nation, was born in a nation, and, and I'll tell you where it was in a minute. My mother was born in another nation, but she lived in an area where that nation was was overcome by World War II, and so she could not identify uh, as being of that nation. And also, ethnically, uh, they had moved the boundary after World War I, so she was confused about what she was. Not really, but it was kind of like, you know, when you, when you describe yourself as being a particular nationality, but you don't live there, but you speak the language and so on. You understand what I'm saying? And then I was born in another nation, to a father who was from one nation, a mother who was from another nation, who would never have been able to get a passport from that particular nation. And so I was born in another nation. So when I was gr- growing up, people would ask me, So what? Are you? Well, when you're a little kid, you want to know what you are, who you are, and, and whatever. And then I found as I grew older, people were saying, No, no, no you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Um, so um, how, how, many of you, um, how many of you know of those people that come from a certain country that ride ha- horses and just drink all day and whatever else they do? And, um, if you were born in Russia, you would know. What were they called? Cossacks. I'm the son of a Cossack. Well, someone who was working with horses and involved with all of that because they'd passed on a bit before. So that's Russia, isn't it? My mother lived in Poland, but eth- ethnically she was German. If you know anything about World War II and why Hitler decided to send his tanks in, okay, across the border, you know all about that. And I was born in Germany at a very young age, mind you. So what does that make me? A and, and so we, were, we emigrated out after World War II. I was, you know, uh, my sister was born here, obviously, when I was two. So what, what does that make me? Uh, and I, not knowing works out. But that was very typical of people who, after World War, uh, World War II. So I guess I'm a, a guy that wears leather pants. Rides horses, eats sauerkraut, um, and drinks too much. (laughs) Well, that's how I was born. But I tell you what, I'm so glad that my mum and dad, because they had to escape. They couldn't go back to their homelands, and they had to to escape. And uh, we are... I am, our family, is very grateful for the Americans who were in that occupying sector of Bavaria after World War II who got us onto a ship to come to Australia. Hallelujah. And I tell you what my identity is. It's not, in none of that. That's just an interesting story for me. But my identity is in him. Hallelujah. Because if you're born again... You're in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And our allegiance, firstly and foremostly, is in him. And the rest is just like, well, that's interesting. But what's most interesting is I'm on my way to heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus is going to be there. Glory to God. It's all been signed. And one day it'll all get delivered. Hallelujah. So there we go. What am I doing up here? Oh, I'm preaching, aren't I, this morning? Yeah. Um, that's right. Okay, let's turn to Psalm 103. Just so great to be here this morning. What an honor it is to be able to open God's word and, and just share some, share some things that have eternal relevance. Psalm 103. Now, most of us have heard this many times, some of us may be for the f- here today. Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul, or bless the Lord, O my soul. You can, you can transpose those two words if you want. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Verse 2. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Uh, Looking at this a few weeks back now and mulling on this and and just uh, bringing to mind Aspects of this scripture I had to confess to the Lord and I had to ask him to forgive me for being forgetful at times And I thought to myself as I kind of digested this Why do we forget what we don't really want to forget? Why do we forget things? Because some of the things we forget we ought not to forget I've learned over the years many years that I must never forget my wife's birthday because there are serious consequences. Um, and you forget Christmas presents for your grandkids or whatever, and they'll remind you. What, what, what did you get for me for, you know? Um, there are benefits to be had if we will remember certain things. And the certain things that we should remember are those benefits? Bless the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Now I want to say very clearly here it is very, according to the Word of God, it is very beneficial to praise the Lord, it is very beneficial to know the Lord. If you don't know the Lord, you're missing out on a benefits. Hello? It is beneficial to serve the Lord. It is beneficial to praise Him. Well, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to sit there and I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to do anything. Well, it's not to your benefit if you're like that. It says praise the Lord. And one reason why we don't is because maybe even if it's just momentarily have forgotten the benefits of knowing the Lord years ago when I was a young man still trying to work out what I was and where I'd come from um, and I started preaching quite young in life and you know when you're young you say certain things a certain way and then later on you become mature and adult and and you say less of those things and become more serious with life matters. But I often used to say, and people remind me, people that knew me from 40, 50 years ago, I remember when you used to say, you would much prefer to be leaning on this pulpit than the best bar in town. And I did, I used to say that. Well, when you're young, you kind of say those things and it seems a little more appropriate than if I was to say here on Sunday, well, you know, this, I'd much sooner lean on this pulpit than lean on the best bar in town well it's that seems like something that a young person should say more than an old grandpa like me but the point is still true the point is true still true you see i knew after i came to know the lord that there were benefits now i wouldn't have used that word maybe but there were benefits in knowing the lord when i got filled with the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I, I, I saw the benefits. I felt the benefits. I began to understand the benefits. And it's beneficial to know the Lord. Anyone who does not have the Lord in their life is missing out. Another thing I used to say, and every now and then I still do, is that uh, apart from it, it being beneficial... I can't remember what it was now, um, is that um, the benefits. People say, well, when you get saved, you can't do this and you can't do that. Let me tell you, there are more things to do after you get saved than the things that you can't do anymore. There's so much that can be done when we serve the Lord. It's beneficial to know the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Forgive me, Lord, for forgetting the benefits that I have in you. Never forget and remind yourself of those benefits. Uh, Another word that can be used there for benefits is advantage. Interestingly, it's an advantage to know the Lord, it's an advantage. To know the Lord. Then I want to also use another word, a couple of words here this morning. In Revelation 2, 3 to 5, it talks about, well, let's, let's turn there. Turn your Bibles there. Revelation chapter 2, if you would, please. Um, is everybody happy? And I'm sure none of you are worrying about where your car is right now. Okay, Revelations chapter 2 and reading from verse 3. Are we ready? Mm -hmm. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. This is God speaking. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen and repent and do the things you did at first so I mulled on this one as well because it, here it talks about remembering you have forsaken your first love and remember the height from which you have fallen repent and we forget sometimes from where we have come regarding the saving grace of God in our lives where, did you, where were you when the Lord found you? Hey, where were you? I got saved as a teenager. I remember very clearly what my life was all about, the things that I was up to. Glad I never got caught for some of the things that I was up to. I thank the Lord for his grace. Hallelujah. And I thank the Lord he doesn't hold the sins of our youth against us. But sometimes we forget to thank the Lord. Why? Because we forget. Not willfully, not in some awful kind of way, but we simply forget. We've got it in the back of our mind. I want to suggest to you this morning to remember the things that God has done for you, where he brought you from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the reasons why sometimes our worship times in church and so on maybe fall a little flat and we kind of think there's not not the spark that we would like to have. There. I'll tell you why, and and not I'm not being accusing in any way and or being negative, and we come to church sometimes and we don't really feel on top of the world, do we? Come on, put your hand up because that's you sometimes. That's me. I got my hand up. Well, I know it's the right thing to do, Lord. I'm coming to worship you because I want to worship you, but... I kind of just don't have the emotion at the moment. I kind of really feel flat at the moment, whatever. That's why the psalmist says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And sometimes we've got to come into the presence of God and we sit or we stand and we've got to say to ourselves, bless the Lord, oh has benefits, And we just think, Lord, sorry, I forget sometimes. I forget that you've dragged me out of that miry clay. I forget sometimes you have forgiven me when I confessed my sins to you so many years ago. I've forgotten sometimes that you have forgiven me. I am forgiven, Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh myself, forget not all of his benefits. Oh, but I don't feel like saying... Listen, when you start reminding yourself, and the Holy Spirit reminds you of why... It's, a be, it's beneficial to serve the God. I tell you what, you'll have no problem with singing and worshipping. You'll have no problem with, with serving the Lord. Really, because what happens is something begins to gurgle up inside you. Something within you begins to bubble up. Hallelujah. Something within you, those, those tremors, those spiritual earthquakes begin to come to, into play. And you begin to praise God. Lord, forgive me for forgetting what you've done for me. Forgive me, Lord, because I haven't said thank you often enough, day by day, week by week, or month by month. Be encouraged, thank the Lord, and remember what He's done for you. First Chronicles, going all the way back into the olden days before Jesus even came on earth in that sense. In First Chronicles chapter 16, look to the Lord and His strength, seek His face. Always, do it always. And then it says, remember remember the wonders he has done. Remember, I love that. Remember the wonders he has done. His miracles and the judgments he pronounced. See, the children of Israel were forgetting. And their hearts became hard because they didn't recall all the things that God had done for them. Well a question that was part of my sermon this morning is that that was the first point remember okay you got that one number two my next question is why we don't always understand why things happen the way they do we don't always understand why we forget we can try and work it out and it is good for us to remind ourselves why am I forgetting these things is there a reason but I want to ask this question in a more broader sense why we don't always understand why now I've been the lord for a long time and everyone said really I've I've been serving the lord since the age of 17 and I'm I'm closer to 100 than I am to 0 and so I've become forgetful at times. The older you get, how many of you have not? Now, let me forewarn some of you middle-aged people that you can laugh at some of us oldies as much as you want, but your day's coming. (laughs) (laughs) You will not be quite as sharp as you used to be and your recollections aren't quite, you know, and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You younger people, we need you to understand us. Don't let us suffer. You, you help us out at times. And the young people said, oh dear, thank you very much. Right, no chance. No hope. What's oh, Okay, all right. But going through life, we don't always understand why things happen. Especially after we've prayed and things still don't happen the way we wanted them to happen. We had the faith for it, we had the time for it, everything else, but we don't understand why things happen. I would say that everybody in this room today has something inside of you that says, I still don't understand, Lord, why this is happening. Or why did that happen? So why do things happen? I want to encourage you today... The first place I would start to encourage you is this. Get an eternal perspective. I I have to do this for me because if I don't, I can can succumb to getting really depressed about things or worried or whatever. I've got to remind myself that this is not my home. I'm just a pilgrim passing through. Oh Lord, you know, this earth is not my home. We used to sing it. Do you know that, that this is not your home? Don't get too settled here. If you get too settled here, you will lose your eternal perspective and it will affect the way you live. God has great plans for you, but he'll never fulfill those plans if you are totally earthbound. Think about where you're heading. Think about decisions that you're making that relate to one day leaving this planet. You know, everybody's wanting to go to the moon at the moment. All these nations are going, rocketing off to the moon. But that's not our home. And they're talking about one day we're going to be leaving on the moon and maybe even Mars. Listen, I don't want to live on on the moon or Mars. I want to one day make heaven my home. Hallelujah. And I just pray that there's timbers and steel works and nails and screws, whatever the Lord needs, even if it's a, a nice little tent. I just, want to make, I just want to one day be in heaven. Hallelujah. And by the way, heaven is where Jesus is. So wherever he is, that's heaven. And that's why at times we can have heaven here on earth. Hallelujah. Because we're where Jesus is when he's with us glory to God so we don't always understand why and then until maybe later Uh, I've written down here a few examples Or in my personal life especially as far as ministry is concerned you know when, when you feel like you're really serving God and giving it your best shot and maybe everything you've got and it doesn't work out it just doesn't seem fair But let me tell you, the kingdom of God does not rely on fairness. Well, the more I read my Bible and started reading my Bible in those early years, I began to realize there were things that were happening that were not the way I would have made them happen. But see, God has a different perspective regarding this building. Wow! How many of us know that this is a miracle? That this ch- this building has become a church building—an absolute miracle. When I and, and and I jotted down a little bit about how it, how it all started years ago, I remember in Katanning when we were f- there, our first church that we we pastored, and we we bought this old Methodist church. Do any have any of you heard the story before? No. So you know, remember when the churches? became Uniting Churches and there was the Methodist and Congregational and Presbyterian Churches joined to get, uh, organizationally and made one church the Uniting Church. That's where they came from. Okay. Well, at Men in Katanning, they had three buildings but only one congregation now. And so they sold or were selling the Methodist Church. It was just a little building. Do you remember it, Mel? You still remember it after all of these years? Yes. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and it was a cute little 110-year-old, 20-year-old building, you know, that many are now converting into home, houses, you know, uh, places to live in. Well, we bought it when it was put on sale. That We, the church, uh, bought it down there. And after we'd bought it, we were just waiting for settlement. The agent came and said they want it back. Typical Methodist people. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that, but it was funny, wasn't it? Did any of you not hear what I just said? <laughs> Shall I say it again? No, I shouldn't have said it the first time. Um, so the agent came and saw us and said, listen, they want it back. And, and I said, well, where do we stand? And legally, it's yours. There's no way they can take it back. Okay. So we got a few of the, ge- the, the members together and we said, look, they want it back. And so, oh, I'm not going to give it back to them. Come on, what, are, what do they think they're playing at here? You know, da-da-da-da-da. Anyway, I'm listening to the, the, the jibber-jabber of the people that were there present, and, and I said, no, we're going to give it back. Why? We don't have to give it back. I said, look, we're living in a small town. Whatever's happening right now already, it's hit the newspapers And for the sake of the body of Christ and unity here in this little town, we're going to give it back to them. But we've been praying for a building for so long. We've got our own building now. No, we're giving it back. I said, but we've got to be in agreement on this. Well, they, they were agreeable, even though we were a little bit heavy hearted about it. But why? We've been praying for so long for a building. Why? Oh, why? Well, we gave it back to them. we went back to our rental now this is going to answer some of your questions why see what we didn't see is something that God was doing behind the scenes that he couldn't reveal at that particular time anyway go to the I'm going to the end of the story now things began to happen here see God had another building in mind for us in town a building that was probably four times as big much better had off street parking i mean it 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 was an old building as well but boy you wouldn't compare this one with that one you would go for this this next one every time and the, by the way they still it's still their church to this, to this day why well that got answered but when you're going through the event it's hard sometimes you ask the question and you don't get an answer But God is working behind the scenes. Now, there's a long part of this story which I won't go into. How many of us remember when we were looking at a a warehouse in Wangara before we bought this place here? How many of us had all kinds of mixed feelings about it? But why would God take us down that path? Here is what happens often. God takes us down a path In the same ways the children of Israel were led so many years ago, when God said through Joshua, you've never been this way before, get ready. Prepare the people. Well, see, God was getting this place ready, but it wasn't on the market at that time. We didn't know this was coming onto the market, but someone else did. Our God knew that it was coming onto the market, and our God knew that we were going to have to uh, sell the other building at a certain price, which we ended up doing. God put it all together. But it's like he had to put us on hold and get us busy, maybe even deflecting our attention off to one side until the day came. Hallelujah. And we signed up for this property, and it's ours. And it was a miracle that we got it. Hallelujah. Why don't you clap the Lord and thank the Lord for, for that? It was a mi- I'm serious. I, I am serious it was a miracle okay now turn your Bibles to there's so many things I've scribbled down here uh, to John chapter 11 a well-known passage in Scripture there uh, John chapter 11 how many of you have heard of Lazarus you remember he's the guy that he's the guy that uh, that died John 11 Okay John 11 Of course we're all familiar with Jesus saying I'm the resurrection and the life and so on and so on and so on. But I want to draw your attention to John uh, sorry Jesus speaking to Mary and Martha. Lazarus was their brother. And if you know the story, you know that they sent message to Jesus, please come, Lazarus is sick, like really sick, please come. Now, you can do your own study on this because it would take too long for us to go through every detail. So I'll just mention to you the little, little mountaintop parts of the story here. What did Jesus do after he heard that, and he was summoned to come to Lazarus. And they had called him because they were believing that Jesus could heal his sickness. Right? What did Jesus do? Did he come, go straight away? No, he didn't. And it looks like when you read the scriptures here that it was very intentional. It was just about as though he ignored the request to come. Why? There's a good place to ask the Why? Why? So when Jesus finally got there, Jesus had been placed in a tomb, a burial place. What did I say? Yeah, that happened later. And uh, so, Je- so Lazarus was placed in this burial place. And the question was asked, where have you been? If you had have come earlier, Lazarus would not have died. I'm paraphrasing this a little bit, but you can check on this. It's in John's Gospel, chapter 11. You can do that for yourself. Now, some have suggested that there was anger in their tone; that they were angry at Jesus. Why didn't you come when we first called you? You ever prayed a prayer and you feel a little bit about talking to the Lord like that? Jesus, why did you allow this to happen? And why didn't you come before? They even said by now, when Jesus was wanting to resurrect him, by now he stinketh. Now everybody knows that part in the story. Four days he had laid there dead and his body was now decomposing. Before Jesus raises Lazarus, is that verse of scripture, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. Do you believe this? Jesus asked. While Lazarus was in the tomb. And of course, they, their response basically was, we'll know that come the day, we'll, we'll go to glory and whatever, whatever. whatever. We, know, we, we know all of that. I'm I'm going to suggest something to you. I'm going to suggest that like it works with us, Jesus was looking for a greater miracle than this one. Think about it. Let it swim around your brain for a few minutes. You see, they had seen him heal people. But I don't think up to that point they'd ever seen him raise the dead. Do you think Jesus always in the back of his mind thought one day it's going to happen? People are going to see the dead come back to life. And here is the occasion when it happens. Now, a miracle is a miracle, right? A miracle is a miracle, whether it's big, small, whatever, expected, not expected, whatever. But in my humanity, my humanist thinking, I calculate that raising someone from the dead is a bigger miracle than healing someone of a headache. And I'm not belittling this, please, I'm not making fun of anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think that the newspapers would be clamoring more to to talk to the person that's been raised from the dead and the person who may have stubbed their toe and the bleeding stopped. I'm being a little bit silly about it, but you understand what I'm saying. I just want to really make sure we get the point here. Well, that's why Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life before anything happened. Because he knew that. He didn't say that Lazarus came back to life. He said it before. So he's standing at the tomb there, And of course they're filled with unbelief, the people that were looking on, what is he going to do and so on. And what's Jesus got in his heart, in his spirit? What's his understanding before the Father in heaven who's about to perform a miracle by the power of the Holy Spirit? I'm the resurrection and the life. He already knew that he was going to be resurrected from himself, from the dead. But he also knew that he had the power within him to raise the dead. That's why he said to his followers, go raise the dead, heal the sick, you do it. Well, I've I've wondered every every now and then when I've read this this passage about how Jesus told Lazarus to come forth. I'm sorry, my humour takes me somewhere it should never go. He didn't ask him to come fifth or third, he said fourth. If ever you come forth on something, then you're doing okay. Someone set a precedent, come forth. One of the shortest prayers that Jesus ever prayed, by the way, raise the dead one of the shortest prayers he ever prayed don't belittle the little prayers that you pray if you pray it in faith and in the name of Jesus you can expect an answer a positive answer and that's what he said come forth it's all here Jesus answered did I tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God They took away the stone Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. He always had this in his spirit. It was always there. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Wouldn't you have loved to have been there? Wow. Jesus called in a loud voice. By the way, God doesn't mind loud voices. Doesn't that encourage some of you? God doesn't, he doesn't get nervous with loudness at times. It's got to be appropriate though at the appropriate time. Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him in. By the way, many times when God performs a miracle by his power, it involves us. Jesus never removed the grave clothes. He said, you can do that. You do that. Just tell them I'm busy at the moment. I'll talk to them later on. Okay. Anyway. Miracles many times involve us and the contribution that we have toward that particular miracle. I just want to share one other little thing. and It will only take two minutes. It's just a point that I have on my heart here. I love the expressions at times that we see in the scriptures that are so easy to skip over for example uh acts chapter 3 is it where remember peter and john were on their way to the into the temple and it starts off by saying one day you ever use that term one day Uh, one day i'm going to go come and visit you one day pastor hardy i'm going to shout you to a cup of coffee i heard that Um, one day one day I'm going to do this one day and many people procrastinate and that one day never comes but I want to tell you in in the in the economy of God when God says one day it's going to happen when the day of Pentecost was fully fully came one day there is a season a time an action There is a time that is foreordained by God and that one day means one day it's going to happen. I want to close this as a promise to all of you that have come to God's house today. Always believe for that one day. You know, we laugh sometimes and we know we got it from some TV program, I believe. I I think it is when we say, well, hang on there because Sundays are coming. You ever said that? Sundays are coming? Sunday's nearly here. I'm hanging out for Sunday. Well, there's going to be a day. There's a day that, or, that God has ordained to give you a miracle. There is a day. Hang on. Don't let go of God's promise. Remember the cripple at the temple door. And it says one day, one day. Well, what, what, is, what does that mean? It was the day that God had ordained for him to receive his miracle. I've wondered sometimes how many times did Jesus walk by that? Because he, he was there every day, begging. He was begging. He had his little tin cup there and he was begging. He couldn't get around. And that's when it says, in one day. <laughs> Why didn't Jesus heal this man? Well, my imagination goes a little bit all over the place on this one here. And I think, Lord, why didn't you heal him? Because we know that Jesus went to the temple. We know that Jesus was in that area all the time. Forty years this man couldn't walk. Forty years. That means that he couldn't have been walking during the time that Jesus was walking around there. Did Jesus heal him? Here's what I'm suggesting very strongly with the understanding that I've got of trying to put scripture together. Do you know God will withhold an answer to your prayer for another day to perform it? And there's a reason why he wants to do it that way. It'll happen one day, but it'll be his God-ordained day. Because you see, he's got eternity in mind. Hello? He's got eternity in mind, and that one day will come. Hallelujah. And we know the story. You know, it was after the day of Pentecost. Peter and John were there. Silver and gold, we don't have to give to you. But such as I have, Peter said, I give you. And he grabbed him by his hands and he said, In the name of Jesus. And he pulled him up, he jerked him up. And that man went walking and leaping and praising God into the house of God. If you read the book of Acts through, you will notice that day after day, they were meeting, day after day, God began to work his miracles. And don't tell me that people who saw that miracle and heard about that miracle because they began to question, how can this be? were not influenced by all the other things that were happening in town. And how many people were getting saved? Thousands at a time. Hallelujah. Thousands at a time were getting saved one day. I close with this. Hold on to that promise of God. Hold on to what you believe God can do. Hold on with that expectation because one day, one day, one day, it only takes one day for Jesus to come and touch you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're sick in body, one day, Jesus, one day, hallelujah. One day, one day it's going to happen. One day it's going to happen. Your kids are, wa- are not walking with the Lord. They're away somewhere. Lord, I'm praying for my, my, my son, my daughter. Lord, I don't know why they're not serving. you. My heart breaks, Lord. Lord, Lord, touch my heart. And the Holy Spirit comes and says, Son, keep praying. Don't give up. Because one day, the day will come. Hallelujah. The day will come. Glory to God. Father, we want to thank you today for many of us that are sitting in this room because we've experienced at times that one day where you came to us and you healed us you saved us you answered a prayer you brought provision whatever it was that you did but it happened on that day and we give you thanks and we give you glory for that day we bless you we praise you lord father i pray for people that may be here today And they've just about given up because they ask the question, why? Why? May they hear a voice from your throne today that would say, don't give up. Because one day, one day, I'll be there for you to do something. One day. Hang in there. One day. Don't falter. Keep your faith up. Keep believing Lord Jesus, we thank you. We praise you for those one days where you come. And Lord, that time in history just just uh, connects with the plan and program that you have ordained. And we bless you and we praise you for it. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to allow this message and the word of God to sink in and make a difference in your everyday life. To know more about our church, check us out online at northsidechurch.com.au.